Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. We are here for another week, and man, I am super duper excited. I actually have a guest sitting here with me in the studio. It's been a while since I've done that. I think the last person that was here was our friend Larry Harbold. And as you know, I don't bring people on the show unless they have a ton of value to bring you. And today will be no different. The guest that we have today is somebody that's been a friend of mine actually for many, many years now. We, I think we started hanging out and got knew each other online back in 2014 when she was getting started and when Jill and I were getting back into real estate. But today I've got Amanda Young. She is a local real estate investor here in the Tampa Bay area. She comes from uh, Spring Hill, Florida. So Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you for having me on. I brought you here because I got to tell you, you are one of my favorite investors. You know why oh that God. is? Because, I have no idea. <laughs> because you have no you have no bullshit. You, I know. You're, you're right to the point. You haven't invested $150,000 in real estate education. No. You don't have some dude doing it for you. Absolutely not. The other extreme of the spectrum, actually, but you, you got off your ass, pardon my French, and you just you took charge and got it done, right? So that's what I want to talk about in this episode okay. is a lot of the listeners are wondering to themselves, am I ever going to get a deal? Where's mm-hmm. the money going to come from? What if something goes wrong? Am I too old? Am I too young? Do I know enough? Don't I know enough? Which course should I take? And for you, the answer is none. I believe that um, that's kind of what I want to talk about this episode, boys and girls. And and we're going to start right there with, well, let's talk about the education, right? You went to high school. I went to high school. Right. I so, did. I graduated. So excited like I graduated. I yes. I did graduate high school. <laughs> I made it. Yes. <laughs> graduated high school, uh, spent a couple years at USF, right. and then I went to nursing schools. My career started out as a nurse. I was practicing for probably about 10 years in a hospital. During that time, I was concentrating on my nursing career. I had a baby, raising a child, but it got to be too much. Working 12, 14 hour shifts, sometimes longer, didn't allow me the time to be a mom. Right. That's not good. So yeah, it wasn't working out. So I eventually got a job with a software development company as a clinical analyst. And I did that for another several years. I don't even know. <laughs> How do you go from, oh, I get what you, so was it a software, medical software or yes, something? Or, okay, yes, yeah. yes, yes, Because I'm thinking, how does a nurse become a computer nerd? <laughs> How's that work out? One but, of those things I fell into and I excelled at. Nice. I had no formal software training. I had I never even worked in the software field. However, I fell into this job. I excelled at it and I stuck with it for a long period of time, it allowed me to be home with my son. It paid me more than nursing. It wasn't one of those jobs I love. It wasn't a passion, but it got the job done. I, I paid the bills and raised my child. And you got the time with him. Yes, absolutely. Important. And that was the absolute most important. Wyatt uh, was premature and he had a lot of medical issues, which I needed to be home to take care of him. So Okay. So this allowed you to do both. Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. And then he was born when? Wait, what year was he born? 2003. See, that's a good guy. I was testing. Someday he may listen to this episode <laughs> and go, Mom. He just turned 16. Oh, 16. Baby. Oh, you poor thing. I, He's <laughs> driving. Oh, God. Thanks for letting me know. I'm going to stay off of US 19 yep. for a while. When I'm going to the property. I'll go the back way. I know he doesn't drive And you'll way. know it's him. He drives the Mini Cooper. Oh, there you go. It's a very distinguished car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you let him drive your car. But you, so you, he was born then, and it was many years until you got into real estate. What was you left did you leave the the technology job or what? I did not at the time I ended up getting divorced one of the best decisions I ever made I'm, I know I'm sorry right <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was I'm with you. I've been divorced too and let me tell you oh yeah it, it was it was it was just time to move on and when I did it allowed me to dream 
and I had a dream of dabbling into real estate. Okay. Always wanted to do it. Never had the opportunity. Didn't have the uh, guts <laughs> at the time right. or or the balls, you could say, right. <laughs> to do it. But yeah, after my divorce, I threw myself into research. I was never, like you say, formally trained. I never bought a, a course. I went to the library and started reading every business and real estate book I could get my hands on. Whoa, 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 whoa. You went to the library? Yes. When, in like 1964? No. They mean there's a building that has all the books on any topic and you can pop? And it's free? <laughs> no way. The, it's that almost sounds like a free education. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you didn't have to swipe your credit card or mortgage mm -hmm. your house. No, or, it was great. But, you you went and you got a book and then you took it back and you got another one. What about the, Phenomenal. but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. If you act now, yeah. <laughs> you can get our super duper extra weekend yep. package. Yeah. Yes, I, I did that. I threw myself into reading books. Not only did I read real estate books, but I read business books. Right. I read I read stock market books because I thought, well, maybe maybe I could do that. Well, I didn't understand the stock market. I didn't understand. I read a book on selling stuff on eBay. Right. I did <laughs> none of that like clicked with me. When I got a hold of the real estate books, it was like, oh, oh, I can understand this. Right. I can understand this type of investing. I can I got a hold of Rich Dad Poor Dad and that changed my life. And I heard that before, right? You got me too. Changed my life forever. It, in fact, it changed my life so much that I went and bought my son the teen version of Rich Dad Poor Dad. Oh, that's ironic. I and I, I did have to bribe him with $20 to read it. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I did. I did. I bribed him with $20 to read it. We both now have a different outlook on money and how to earn money and how to make your money work for you versus working for someone else the rest of your life. So that kind of was the catalyst of, okay, I have, I feel like I have enough knowledge right. to at least you know, start looking, start doing more research, start analyzing deals, putting it together. In August of 2014, I pulled the trigger on my first rental property. Outstanding. Everyone thought I was crazy. Of course, they always do. <laughs> I went from nursing to a software career. And then now, out of the blue, I'm buying a rental. My family thought I was nuts. Well, what are you doing? In a lot of states, you probably would be nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and I got a lot of feedback from people that I care about. Now, mind you, they are looking out for me, True. but I heard several times from a lot of different people, you're a woman, what are you doing this? What are, what are you doing out by yourself? You have no business buying up rental properties. What if something breaks? What if this? What if that? What if you lose it? What if the tenant trashes it and you or burns it down? You know, what if, what if? All those people that are there to help, of course. Of, to help, of course. Who, yes. who I will caution you, a little tidbit of advice, take it or leave it. Don't take advice from people who've never done a deal or is not in real estate yes. or never has been into real estate. They don't see your dream and they don't see the, the possibilities and the little money-making machines that you can have. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they don't see that. Well, I will say, if somebody gives you that kind of feedback, be respectful. I always was and I always will be. Sure. Because they are looking out for your best interests, but they don't always have all the, the background knowledge and the education that one might need to, you know, speak on rental properties or <laughs> flip properties. They're just on the outside looking in right. saying, Oh my gosh, what have happens? What are what are you gonna do if you lose everything? My response to these people is always well, let's say that happens. Let's say the house burns down. Let's say I lose everything I own. Right. Let's say it does happen. Well, I'm 39 years old. I can go back to work. Yeah. No problem. I you get can. a job like this. Well, well I guess what they're <laughs> missing is 
all of them would have to burn to the ground. Yeah, all of them. You have more than one. <laughs> well, you know, when you buy your first one and they're like, oh my gosh, what if this happens? And what if that happens? And, and you know, I can start over if I have to. What right. the, there's no big deal. But what if I never try? And what if I never took the plunge? I would go the rest of my life thinking, what if? Well, what's the ulterior? I mean, if you don't do it, then what do you do? You punch mm-hmm. a clock for the rest mm-hmm. of your life? Do, are mm-hmm. you a slave to the yeah. to the, to society or to the, the employer? I mean, you know, you look at it that way. It's like, well, if I have to pick my poison, I guess I'd go with the devil that uh, I don't know in this case, right? Right. Absolutely. Right. Your your dream and your desire has to be bigger than than all the negativity and all the crazy what ifs. You you really have to want it. Most people, I would say, a fair majority of people get the exact same advice, male or female, mm-hmm. get the same advice. Uh, probably a little different for men. Maybe they're maybe it's you're not smart enough or whatever. But mm-hmm. you decided to say no. The hell with that. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. That takes an amazing amount of courage, which is one of the reasons why you're on the episode today. But what inside of you made you decide to pull the trigger? I mean, did you say take all this advice in? And then decide not to take it. That's a good question. To answer that, let's go back to I've always been a worker bee. I've always worked my butt off and sacrificed that time I had with my loved ones, with my son, with friends. I wanted to trade my my worker bee self that I was working for someone else. I wanted to trade that for something that would give me income without necessarily having to bust my butt so hard and take time away from what I really wanted to do most. And I knew real estate could provide that for me. So now I'm at the point where I can spend a lot of time with my son, with my loved ones. I can take a day and go spend with my granny if I want to. I was never always afforded that opportunity when I was working for somebody else. So my desire, my passion, and my drive to build up this little mini real estate empire, if you will, was so I could trade my working time for now passive income or semi-passive income. It's not always passive, but now I have the opportunities I didn't have before because I was always working for somebody else. So for you, time, it makes me think about the book, and I can't think of the name of it right now, where it talks about the love tanks and all that with spouses. Mm -hmm. But um, the time was such such a, or the ability to have the time was such an overpowering desire for you mm-hmm. that it helped you overcome the fear or the mm-hmm. the lack of action mm-hmm. you know to let all that negative stuff mm-hmm. stop you from doing it is that pretty accurate pretty accurate yeah i had a dream like i said i had this dream and i have a desire bigger than working for someone else the right. rest of my life i i I have also, like you're going on your RV trip. I, right. I mean, I want so bad to travel across the country, across the U.S. with no time constraints. Right. I don't want to go for a week. I don't want to go for yeah. two weeks. I want to go for several months. If I want to go to Utah and hit the big five out in Utah and I want to spend a few weeks at each, I want to be able to do that without, oh, let's cram everything we can cram into to five days because we we have to hop on a plane and then come back home and get back to work because I only have two weeks PTO or what have you. This one for us has been, and I don't know if I've really even told you guys listening to this episode why we're doing this, but for those of you who don't know, Jill, my wife, has MS. And MS is a debilitating disease. It actually killed her identical twin sister a couple of years ago. Wow. Uh, Jill's an identical twin and she lost her twin sister uh, to complications due to the MS. They were doing a treatment for the MS. Long story short, she died from the treatments. And at the end of the day, she's not going to have the same quality of life that the average person will have as she 
gets older as this mm-hmm. this disease debilitates her. So for us, that's like you were just saying, for her to go out and see things like the Grand Canyon or wherever we go in the country or the world, she's not going to have those same opportunities in the next 10 years that a lot of us, maybe I won't either, who knows, but we didn't want to wait until we were too old to enjoy it. At this stage, my daughters are out of the house. They're adults. They're in college. They're doing their thing. We wanted to go out and have that quality life now, just like you were saying. It was so important for us to do that now because there'll be the day where she'll either be blind or in a wheelchair. Those are a lot of the effects that she has with MS, you know, a lot of side effects, and a lot of things that debilitate her and her ability to move. So for us, like you just said, it was just so overwhelming that we really want to do this now. Mm-hmm. So we're going to make the sacrifices. We're going to move out of our apartment. We're going to rent it back out, rent it out to somebody else. We're turning into a short-term rental, whatever. We're going to buy the RV. We're going to take the sponge. We're going to take our business on the road. I got to say, kudos to you for, number one, taking the time to dream. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big piece of what you just said. Is Absolutely. You took the time to dream. And when you're in that previous relationship, you didn't have that flexibility. Mm-hmm. You do now. You did a buy and hold, but you didn't stop there. I did not. I bought the first one. The feedback was, are you crazy? What right. are you doing? You're a lady doing it by yourself. So what did I do? Bought another one. I got and bought another Why one. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so interesting story about the second one was by the time I got to buy the second investment property, I was now an unemployed single mom. Wait a minute. Yep. Unemployed. Unemployed. Mm-hmm. You lost the job. Mm-hmm. And your solution is to go buy a rental property? Go buy a rental property, absolutely. I absolutely love that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's cool. <laughs> and the feedback after I got out of that one, was it was over the top because now I'm an unemployed single mom, oh. a lady out there doing it by herself right. with no job. <laughs> right, with no job. <laughs> but wait a minute. The banks won't give you money if you don't have a job. Mm-mm. No, they won't. That's true. That's true. And you haven't taken the latest, greatest rich dad training. You probably don't qualify for the credit cards that they would give you at Mm -hmm. the event that will help you run up the $130,000 in credit card debt so you can get the training to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. So how, pray tell, (laughs) were you able to buy a property without a job, without any formal guru education? Absolutely. How did you do that? It all started, I showed up at one of these local RIA meetings. And by this time, I started going to as many as I could. I would even take my son along, bring him a book or his iPad or what have you, and I would drag him to these meetings. He was he was too young to leave by himself. Right. So I would, you know, take him to these meetings. He hated it, but I didn't care. Get over it. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> um and and most of these were an hour or more away from my house. So right. you know, I did have to make some sacrifices to show up. I showed up and I won a free month's of probate leads from Tangie Cousins. We'll put uh, a little yeah. plug in here for Tangie. Sure, She's wonderful. Daily. Yes. So I won. Tangie says, here's your your list of a month and here is an example of a letter you should write and this is what you do. Mail them off and see what happens. I did. I right. mailed them off. Sure enough, I got a phone call from a lady out of uh, Michigan, I think it was. Her father passed and left her this house she wanted nothing to do with. Okay. Well, I go and look at it. I want it. Right. Of course, I want it. Yeah. <laughs> I want every property. Right. I want them all. I want them all. The property had a Bank of America note on it in the dead father's name. And she, of course, wanted some cash. So I negotiated a deal where I would take over the note and give her 6000 cash for the property. So you took it subject to the debt? I took it subject to the okay. debt, the, right. the BOA loan. Right. Mm-hmm. There was about a $42,000 BOA loan on it. Okay. And I, like I said, I gave her about six grand cash okay. to make it worth her while. She never come down. I never met her. We did it all through a lawyer. Okay. Um, closed on that house. There was very little that needed to be done. Needed to clean it out. 
I needed to clean it. And there was about, I would say about a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred dollars worth of minor repairs. So it was it was basically turnkey. So I want to know where the six grand come from. I saved it. Right. See, you saved money. <laughs> How about that? See, I, <laughs> these are all shocking things, folks. It's shocking. I, I, a lot of folks that I meet here in my market, it's like, I my credit score is a two. I'm oh the I owe the mm-hmm. IRS a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars and I want to start flipping houses. It's like, oh great, here we go. Wait. So yes, so So I did make quite a bit of sacrifices when I was both working and when, of course, I was unemployed. So you made sacrifices? Mm -hmm. My goodness. Cable got turned off. How about that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that put more money in your pocket. More money. Which accumulated that and other things accumulated to $6,000 that you needed to put a deal together. Absolutely. What was the house worth? That was the funny thing. So I, I thought the ARV was 80, 80,000 at the okay. time. It's a 2-2 with a bonus, big screen and porch, nice, real nice area town. Mind you, this was a few years ago. That house is worth a lot more right now. Right. The interesting story about this one, I bought it, got it cleaned up, moved a renter in right away. My renter was a vet, worked at the jail, very nice guy, moved him in and things were going great. And I received a phone call several months after he moved in. His name was Tom. Okay. Tom says, Amanda, I love this house. I love the neighborhood. I don't want to ever have to move again. My daughter's happy here. I'm happy here. Can I buy it? Hmm. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Perhaps you can. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> How's that work out? Well, so I I said, let me just think about this a minute. My, selling that house was never on my radar. Right. I wanted to keep it forever. Pay off that BOA loan. Right. Because, I mean, you're cash flowing like crazy. Cash flowing right? like crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not broken don't fix it probably going yep. through your head right now right yeah and i get to where i love I, you're not supposed to be in love with your property yeah, but each one of them is you know you worked so hard and and i had so many things against me and i didn't have a job even and here i am buying this house like why what I, I don't want to get rid of that yeah this is food money right oh <laughs> man this is this is me living out my dream and now i want to poof get rid of it right. so i thought about it and i said tom the only way i'll sell you this house is if you wait till I own it a year and a day. It can't close before I own it a year and a day. And why was that? Because I thought if I'm going to sell it and I'm going to get this big profit, I'm one, I don't want to be taxed on it. And two. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Why do I want to give the government any more than I have to? <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so my thought process is, well, what if I can turn this one rental into two? Oh, now you got my attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What if I can turn that into two rentals? Now, if I could turn that one house into two rentals, I'll be happy. Yeah. So he agreed a year and a day we would we would sell that house. Nice. And we uh, agreed upon a price. We agreed upon 85000 Okay. He got a VA loan. So mm-hmm. $85K. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The debt on it was forty k, give or take. Yep. And you got six k in this. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. And a VA loan. On a... Uh, yeah. Well, the original loan was a Bank of America, and then Tom put a VA loan on it. Okay, right. And now Tom's got a boatload of equity if Tom bo- bought this property. He did. Uh-huh. A year and a day later. Right. <laughs> a year and a day after me owning it. Mm-hmm. That was important. Wow. When you're doing an exchange, you have to own the property a year and a day. Right. So you, what was the next step after that? How did, the, how did that turn into two rentals? Uh, we closed on the property. Um, before I closed on the property, I contacted a 1031 exchange custodian and got all the proper documents, seek advice, you know, from from the experts. So let me let me stop you right there because that blows me away. You didn't know how to do something in lieu of putting it on 
bigger pockets or Facebook mm-hmm. and complaining why it was so hard, you simply decided to bring an expert in that mm-hmm. actually knew what to do and you mm-hmm. had them do it for you. Exactly. Huh. That's interesting. Exactly. I, I do not want to be a 1031 exchange expert. I just want to utilize the tax advantage. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's what we call a clue. <laughs> oh, so, so that went beautifully. Um, what I ended up doing was taking the profits and I bought two more cash flowing rental properties um, within a very short period of time. Because as you know, in the exchange, you, you only have 45 days to identify and 180 to close. Okay, so here's where you really puzzle me. I say that tongue in cheek. You got $39,000 give or take in profit. Let's call it $35,000 in mm-hmm, closing costs mm-hmm. in the whole nine yards. How do you turn $35,000 into two rental properties when the average selling price of a house is, I don't know, depending on who you ask, it could be anywhere from, let's say, 50000 on the low side if you're in Alabama or Indiana <laughs> or, I don't know, what is it up around here? About 200000 right Man, now. Man, right now, I, that's a good question right now. The market market is going is 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 always changing it is how does that happen how do you turn thirty five thousand into two rentals well what i did um like i said i utilized the 1031 exchange so that so i did not pay taxes on any of that so you Um, got to keep it all i got i I rolled it into down payments for two more rental properties i I like to find my deals off market primarily however these two because of the 45 day you know constraints i found both of these on the mls wow Mm-hmm. But you didn't have a job at that t- at the time when I by the time I went to go do the exchange, I did have a job. I did have okay. a W two income. All right, and you were able to get a mortgage on these. I was able to get FHA lending on both. Wow. Okay, and you were making decent money at the time. And mm-hmm. of course- yeah, I was back making decent money working for um, another different software company. So you were set. You had say you were used to saving money. Mm-hmm. You maintained your credit rating, and if it had been a problem, you probably just would have solved it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You took the money, the thirty-five thousand, whatever it is, and you rolled it and use it as down payments. I did. Got financed on two more properties. Two more. FHA. FHA, both of them. But don't they require you to live in them? Uh, no. There's a. It's an investment loan that they have. I, so they have an investment product. This is a couple of years ago. It's probably one of the HomePath products, or they have an investment. Yes, mortgage. I have one that's a HomePath. Okay. Yeah. So that's an investor mortgage, which is which they don't offer anymore. By right. the way. Yeah, they stopped doing that. They had. And for you, those of you wondering, they used to have two different programs with this home path. One of them is you is you have to occupy, but the other one you didn't have to occupy. An investor could do it in the mm-hmm. terms. I don't remember what they were, but it was really aggressive. It, it, was, like, it was good. It was something stupid, like 5% down or something real small. So now you got two more rentals. Mm, yes, sir. And these are turnkey? They both were turnkey. Now- Get out of here. Yeah. Wait a minute. No, no, no. no. <laughs> two, <laughs> two rentals, turnkey. Absolutely. That cash flow- on the MLS, mm-hmm. huh? Mm-hmm. Boys and girls, that there is another clue. Yeah. So go ahead, tell me more. One of them, one of them is a repaired sinkhole home, which sinkholes are phenomenal deals. If you, this is where I go. Wah, wah. No, <laughs> sinkholes are great. I love them. If anybody has a sinkhole deal, please call me. I'm terrified of them, but that's okay. So one of them is a repaired sinkhole, which is no big deal in my area. I paid the purchase price on that one was 108000 I don't recall all the down payment details. It's a 3-2 on a beautiful lot. It's actually the prettiest home I own. 3-2 rents right now under market rent because I have a great renter in there. It rents for 1200 Market rent right now on that is either 13 dollars I am going to raise the rent on that one this year, but I've had a lady in there for two years and she's great. So that was 
that property. And the other property, the funny thing about it is it popped up on, this is another little tidbit, maybe. Gold nugget. A gold nugget. If you're looking for property on the MLS, I love the properties that have bad pictures. Oh, me too. Cell phone picture, I'm in. No, I mean, this one wasn't even... It, it probably was like a really old flip phone cell phone pictures. I don't even know. The pictures were so bad. They they obviously didn't hire a professional. You know, maybe they got the discount realtor in there. Right. And, you know, they're bad pictures. When I'm looking on the MLS and I see bad pictures, I know <laughs> <the> that on. <laughs> I know that, hey, you know, this might be a diamond in the rough. Oh, I see lazy agent. When, it's, when there's a lazy agent, there's always mm-hmm. opportunity. Opportunity. Yep. I was nearing the end of my 45 day. I was sweating. <laughs> daily right. my 45 days to identify and get something under contract my realtor at the at that day was either not available i don't even know but i'm like i i have to i have to get this property because if i don't i'm going to be paying a lot of taxes this right. was like the last one right so i showed up before the realtor and this little lady comes out she was 92 92 93 and she comes out and, and she's like come in come in i said well i'm waiting on you know waiting on the realtor but She's like, just come in. I knocked and told her who I was, looked around. And I said, now, if I pay full price for this, is there any reason we can't put this under contract today and (laughs) get it wrapped up? (laughs) I didn't even want to negotiate. It was such a good deal. And I was nearing the end of the 45 days. And I did not care if I had to pay full price. Right. Because I knew it was still going to cash flow. I was still going to get a good deal. Right. And I didn't want anybody else to come in with a full price offer. And sneak it. Yeah. And sneak. Yeah. Get it out. Because like I said, I was nearing the end of my time. My realtor shows up and, you know, we finished walking the property. And another interesting story about this one is she had an extensive liquor collection. Oh, you got to keep the booze. I negotiated the liquor collection in the deal. Nice. Nice. (laughs) That was a that was a lot of fun. Was yeah. that also, was that was the one of the turnkey one? Relatively turnkey, turnkey. Yeah. yeah. Turnkey, a little bit of cleanup, ready to go. That one I paid, I think it was 92 or 93,000. And it was a 2-2 with a bonus, a big bonus room. Beautiful house, nice lot. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the thing that terrifies me probably more than anything besides death is the repaired sinkhole. Okay. Or a sinkhole home. Okay. What made you decide to pull the trigger on those? What What made, did you ever have any initial fear on those or Mm-mm. did you just dig in and learn about them? No, there's not a whole lot of things that, scare me that's obvious <laughs> not a lot of things out there i was like i'm not really scared maybe for the rest of the country the sinkhole thing is a huge deal and everyone's afraid their house might fall into the hole well yeah because <laughs> if you ever watch that on bay news nine it's mm-hmm, some awesome mm-hmm. house disappearing into the earth yep. that's kind of terrifying. the earth opens up and swallows you know oh my god so in my particular area it, it's almost not if you have a sinkhole as when because they're so prevalent. Right. So there's that. There's also a few years back, back probably the early 2000s, there was a scam going around. These guys would come around, knock on your door. Oh, you have a crack in your sidewalk. There's a crack in the driveway. You have a little stair step on the side of your house. You, oh, ha- no. you have to have a sinkhole. Well, folks, if, if you don't live in Florida, little a bit of information. Everybody has cracks in their sidewalks. Everyone yes. has cracks in their driveway. It, new construction has cracks in sidewalks. New construction well. has cracks. It, it is just. We're built on a seabed. The end. It's sand. You're, <laughs> right. You know, things shift. Um, the concrete heats up and expands or sure. what have you. You get a crack. Right. It does not mean you have a sinkhole. Okay. However, the scam was going around town where 
the sinkhole guys would come and, oh, you have a sinkhole, fill out this piece of paper. We're going to file an insurance claim. The insurance would then deem that house an unrepaired sinkhole and they would pay off your mortgage. They would send the homeowner a big fat check, sometimes 75 up to, I've seen 150 grand or more check. So you get your mortgage paid off and then you get the check. Okay. And they were supposed to take that check and fix this you know, quote unquote sinkhole. Well, that never happened. They bought boats and vacations and extra homes. and Because that's what you do. Because, and look, (laughs) if if I was around at that time, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying anything (laughs) bad about the homeowners who did this. Every, every, a a lot of people did that in, in the Hernando County area. So fast forward now, now these people, now they're trying to sell their house and it's deemed an unrepaired sinkhole. There's never was really a sinkhole. Oh, no. <laughs> it never really was there. The beauty of these homes and why I like them all, for the most part, I've done several, and I've done a few where they took that check and they updated. They got granite, they got new cabinets, they got new flooring. For the most part, these are you know people who take a lot of pride in their homes. Sure. They're beautiful on the inside. However, right. they got this one flaw. So you can get them at a deep discount. And I'll go in and I'll repair the sinkhole. I'll buy them at a deep discount, usually 50 cents on the dollar or maybe less. 50 cents on the dollar. Mm -hmm. That's huge. So that's almost like buying notes. So you, you know, I'll fix them. I'll pin them. Right. Get the engineer report. I'll get a new engineer out there. I'll, I'll have the construction crew come out. They'll, they'll pin it. And now it's fully insurable. Uh, You can get VA loan. You can get FHA loan lending on it. Not a problem in my area. So I'll fix that sinkhole and stick a sign in the yard. I mean, some of these houses I don't even dust. They're just beautiful. That's impressive. I mean, it's, you know, and, and you, You'll make a big chunk of money on when you sell it. Do people freak out because of their, I mean, obviously I know you disclose that in your, in your sales, mm-hmm, you got to put mm-hmm. it in the MLS, whatever you disclose it. Does that keep a certain, my manager would keep some buyers away. So it keeps your uneducated buyers away. Okay. If, if they're educated and they have a good realtor. Now I will say that there are some realtors in my area that still will not deal in sinkhole homes. I'm probably one of them, even though I'm not in your area, but still. Mm-hmm. And that's just my ignorance, really. It's, and, I don't understand it, therefore I fear it. Have you heard that before, folks? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a small percentage of realtors up in up in Hernando that, that are still kind of behind the times. Sure. But for the most part, once your buyers get educated in, especially in our pocket area, <laughs> right? because there are real sinkholes that happen. I mean, it, it, it does happen. Sure. Um, you would rather, in my area, to live in a repaired sinkhole home than you would a home that's never been deemed sinkhole. I'm of the understanding, and you, you're the expert in this, you tell me, that in many cases, a repaired sinkhole home is actually more structurally sound mm-hmm. than any other home in the country in a lot of cases. Yeah. Because it sits up on these piers. It, or it sets or up on piers. Mm-hmm. So it has like extra foundation. Extra. That they put and and in fact, what they're doing now um, in Florida and in Texas is they're doing what they call preventative peering or pre-peering. Right. So before the house is built, they will go in and they'll flag out where the house slab and all that's going to be. Right, right. And they'll put those piers in before the big construction starts. So now you have a house that has the, in fact, I sold one um, last year, a preventative pier home. Okay. Not an issue. So boys and girls, I don't know if you're picking up the same thing that I am, but what the one thing that I that is screaming out loud to me here is that you can go buy that sinkhole home at 50 cents on the dollar because it doesn't scare you and you have the solution to the problem. Like me, I buy obnoxiously ugly apartment buildings and I make them not as ugly and <laughs> I won't say pretty, but not as ugly and, and uh, 
extremely profitable. Mm -hmm. That doesn't scare me. I'm not worried about that because I have systems in place to to do that like you do with the sinkhole companies. Mm -hmm. So for you, you can find that diamond in the rough, so to speak, that nobody else is going to really look at because it has that sinkhole issue. You pull the trigger and you can make a killing whether you sell right. it or rent it or whatever. Now, as far as rent, uh, insurance goes, do you have any issues getting insurance on Absolutely those? not. There, There is one company that I know will even write for an unrepaired sinkhole. Really? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, the repaired sinkholes, is that premium more expensive than a traditional house? or If it's maybe a couple hundred dollars more, maybe. Right. Um, I will say this, that in Hernando County, and I believe probably in the whole state of Florida, you cannot you can no longer get what they call sinkhole insurance. Right. That was the scam a long time ago where they would say, oh, you have a sinkhole. So they're part of the insurance that said, if you have a sinkhole, we're going to give you this big payout. They've right. the, All the insurance company has took off that off the table. They're no longer paying out for a sinkhole. So if you get a sinkhole, <laughs> yeah. if you get a real sinkhole, they're not paying for it. Now you do still have catastrophic. So if the house does fall through you know, the, the earth, earth opens up and, and you have a huge hole. You have catastrophic walls are coming down. It is covered. However, the sinkhole part, if you start, and I've actually seen very few homes that are, are real true sinkhole where the house is either cracked in half or right. what have you. I mean, those are those are real sinkhole homes, which I have not, I've not took one of those down yet. I've not done that. Right. The, that you're talking about major renovation because now they have to lift the house and basically put it back together. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, those are That I don't go down that road. But yeah, it's not, it's not as bad as you think. So boys and girls, that's a good example of identify a problem mm -hmm. that a lot of people are scared of and pull the trigger. We did one of these and, and I didn't do the flip. I was just the realtor. I have a client that I buy houses for her on a regular basis. And then we found the steel in the middle of St. Petersburg, Florida. It was a sinkhole on 22nd Avenue is how it was advertised. Mm -hmm. Well, I know there's no sinkhole activity on 22nd Avenue in St. Pete. So something's not right. So we went and bought this three bedroom, two bath house in a great neighborhood in the Harshaw district for $50,000 because wow. it had a sinkhole. Right. She turned around and spent about $50,000 rehabbing it. So she's in it for a hundred and we sold that bad boy for almost $300,000. Wow. So there's a good example of, well, we have a problem. Everybody's afraid of it. Everybody's mm -hmm. running the other direction, but realistically, it's a problem that can be solved and any problem can be solved. It just takes, you know, matters how long it takes for someone to fix it and how much does it cost. I want to move into creative deals. You're not the type of person that necessarily marches into a bank every time you need to acquire a property. You're looking outside the box. I avoid banks. Yeah. Try to. <laughs> Yet still have no PhD in creative no. thing except for what do you show up at? with a legal pad and mm -hmm. sit down and mm -hmm. do what you actually talk to people, like mm -hmm. look them in the face like they are now and actually have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Kitchen table negotiations. That's BS. That doesn't really happen. Mm -hmm. That only happens in Larry Harbolt's seminars, right? I learned from the best. Larry uh, Harbor, Har Harbolt, excuse me. Yeah. It, and if you're looking for more information on, on creative financing, Larry is, Larry and yourself would be who I would send somebody right. to. <laughs> See, she says that now that I'm sitting here in choking <laughs> range. It's like, pick me, pick me. <laughs> no, uh, uh, Larry yeah. and I are partners on a lot of this stuff. Yeah, but yeah. but uh, but you actually go to sit and talk to people. Mm -hmm. And you're not checking your Facebook or Instagram mm -hmm. while you're doing this. And you're probably doing stuff like leaving all the electronics and crap in the car. And you actually look people in the eye, which probably scares the hell out of anybody under the age of 30. Mm -hmm. Right. And this works. It works for me. I will say I have took I have closed on deals only because they liked me. But do you have some fancy words or 
like neurolinguistic programming or some <laughs> ninja? What do you, how do you know what to say? You know, the big thing is to be genuine and be yourself. The, people can see right through you if you're trying to use fancy words or trying to be something other than what you are. Right. I'm, I'm just a mom. I'm just a soccer mom out here trying to, trying to make a living. Trying to buy houses. Trying to buy houses. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, nothing special, right. just like you. I don't go in dressed up. Right. I go in how you see me all the time. And yeah, I'll look them in the eye and, and ultimately figure out why are they selling? What is their pain point? What is either the issue with the house or is there a family event or medical event? I will say I do a lot of listening too. Okay, guys, for full disclosure, I did not prime her for this episode. <laughs> this is all her. It has nothing to do with me. I know this sounds like you may have heard this before, but please continue because I'm getting all excited just sitting here. Yeah. And like, this is awesome. All right, folks, believe it or not, I got to end it right there. I know this sounds like something they would do at the end of the Sopranos season finale or the episodes of Lost or something like that, but this episode in its entirety ran for over an hour, and I know you're busy. You're on your commute. You're doing your thing. You're doing whatever. You're at the gym, and it's time to wrap it up. So we're going to wrap up this first part of this episode. We're making this a two-part episode, part one and part two. Part two will be coming to you next week. In the meantime, folks, Get out there and learn to earn. Take some massive action, and I'll catch up with you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.